This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura. Launch into performance with the all-new 2019 lineup. Visit Acura.ca for all models and dealer incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Oh, Canada. What a time to be a Canadian sports fan. Hello, everyone. Good morning and welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. This is producer Adam Scully riding solo here for the next two hours. It's a very busy time here to be a Canadian sports fan. About uh, nine hours ago, eight and a half hours ago, the uh, Toronto Raptors took a 3-1 series lead in the NBA Finals, winning two games in Golden State on the road. We're going to chat a little bit of Raptors because we have to. It's uh, it's a huge time uh, here in Canada. But of course... This weekend is also the RBC Canadian Open out in Hamilton Golf and Country Club. Four Canadians in the top seven. This could be simply an epic weekend in Canadian sports. We have a huge show planned for you today. We'll hear from all of the contenders in the mix this weekend at the RBC Canadian Open. We're going to hear from Bob Weeks in Hour 2. We're also going to hear from Adam Stanley as well. But first, joining us is one of the hosts here on Golf Talk and who's covering the RBC Canadian Open for PGA Tour Radio, and that is Mark Sacchino. Mark, how are you this morning? Skulls, I'm exhausted, just like you've mentioned. What a big weekend for Canadian sports. As you know, I was lugging my butt up and down the fairways yesterday of Hamilton Golf and Country Club mm-hmm. doing the radio gig. And then after that, of course, you know, we weren't going to miss this basketball game, were we? Certainly no. not. <laughs> so it's been, it was a fun Friday out here in Hamilton. And, uh, but I think uh, it could just keep going. This could be a very exciting weekend as you heard what Well, speaking of fun Fridays, there was also a concert going on last night. Florida Georgia Line was playing. I've seen some great, uh, great photos. And uh, uh, Lawrence Applebaum, the uh, CEO of Golf Canada, posted an unbelievable video uh, on his Instagram account uh, from last night's Florida Georgia Line. Where, did you get a chance to go to that show too, Mark, or no? Now, I was, I was scheduled to go. Yeah, uh-oh. Uh, and then I, I just physically could not do it. Um, yep. I, I yep. physically could not attend. We still had we still had PGA Tour radio duties uh, going anyway, mm-hmm. and uh, Mrs. Golf Talk Canada attended and said it was a wonderful show. <laughs> had a great time. She said there was tons of people there. Uh, all the greats were there in attendance: uh, Lawrence Applebaum and Kevin Thistle mm-hmm. and uh, Leslie Hawkins. So all all the greats of uh, the, the Golf Talk Canada Canadian golf uh, community family were all there having a good time. But yours truly uh, was uh, complaining about his sore back, sore feet, watching the Raptors win. Well, you know, I, I was talking to your better half, actually, yesterday, and she was saying that if, if it was Metallica, there, there was, you would 100% be there, no matter how sore your back was. But unfortunately, it, you know, it was Florida-Georgia line, so not Metallica. But, uh, you know, Mark, continue icing that back. It's going to be a very busy day uh, at the RBC Canadian Open. Before we jump into all the storylines, let's first go to some news and headlines. 
we're gonna we're gonna scrap that for now. We're just gonna jump right into it, Mark. Here, because there's 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 so much content to get to. So we, we got to jump right oh, into yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, so just, we're just bloated. We're busting out the seams this morning. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So uh, so of course there is a tie for the lead here after 36 holes. Uh, Scott Brown and Matt Kuchar. Now I, I always tell you and Bob just just how brilliant your minds are. And of course mm. on Golf Talk Canada TV this week, you guys both picked a winner and a dark horse. And hey. Uh, one of you, you pick Kuchar and Bob pick Graham McDowell. Is that correct? That is correct. They're both here in the hunt, right? Wow. It's, uh, not that they're, you know, we, you know, dark horse. It's just I just thought, you know, we, and you and I talked about mm-hmm. this. We chatted about this. It's like, you know, it's very easy every week to just yell out the name Kepka for mm-hmm. for and for all the right reasons. Pretty obvious, you know that. You know, I picked Kepka to win the PGA Championship, and you know, it was probably the easiest the, prediction ever, given how he, what, what he did the week before with that you uh, saw. There, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right? He was coming in hot and going to a golf course that was built perfectly for him at Beth Page, right? Mm-hmm. And, but but quite often you can yell out DJ and Kepka and whatnot, and but just being here at Hamilton uh, Golf and Country Club and, and walking the grounds and knowing the type of golf course it is and seeing the champions in the past, Bob Tway and Jim Furyk. Uh, you know, it, it just screamed to me that somebody, a plotter was going to win this week, a plotter and probably someone over the age of 40. And to me, that was Matt Kuchar all the way. And to Bob, that was Graham McDowell all the way. And, and I don't want to speak on behalf of Bob, but my guess is, is that Bob was leading that way for a few reasons. One, that McDowell obviously has been playing well already this year. He won in the Dominican. He's found his confidence. He's found his game again. But also in the back of Graham McDowell's mind is a trip to Royal Portrush, mm-hmm. the golf course he grew up on for the Open Championship, and he's not in the field right now. And if he can be in that, you know, somewhere near the top of this leaderboard, the top three on this leaderboard at the end of the week that have not already qualified for the Open Championship will head to Royal Portrush. So right now, Graham McDowell is one shot out of that position right now, but skulls mm-hmm. a couple canadians qualifying oh, yeah. if it ended right now we've got hadwin and taylor going <laughs> to the open championship if it ends as we speak yeah it, it could be a, a crazy and epic weekend here for canadian uh, sports uh, after uh, round two yesterday mark you had a chance to hear a uh, catch up uh, with matt kuchar let's hear that interview if someone didn't see your round and they just saw 63, they wouldn't know some of the story. Because for me, par save 13, par save 14, long distance double on the two putt from 72 feet on 15. Sometimes those pars mean a lot. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This course, um, I'm really, really enjoying playing the golf course. Uh, you, you hit good shots and you're rewarded with birdie opportunities. You, you hit bad shots and you really scramble. I missed a couple, uh, whether it was tee balls or approach shots, and, and, and I was scrambling a bit. And uh, it is, it's, it's hard work, but you're right. There's, those saves are awfully nice. Yeah, you, you hate letting a shot go. It almost chaps you more than making a birdie. And so just, just saving those pars was a, uh, was great for me. I loved your finish. Three birdies to finish. That uh, hard cut into 16, we thought you pulled it, and that thing just moved violently to the hole, went fly cutting, pulled the string again on 17, and then a great approach on 18, just quickly on the finish. Yeah, 17 is a hole you want to take advantage of. I, I missed the fairway there. Had to had to wedge in, but had had a great number for a full wedge, and it just behind it. And you never know with backspin how how far back it's going to pull back. And thankfully, it was just just the right distance. Uh, 16, that front right pin suits my cut perfectly. And I, I pulled a couple earlier in the day, and and, and kind of knew the 
swing I was looking to make and, and executed that just right to have a have a pretty good look at birdie there. And then 18 is such a hard hole on that back pin location. I, I could not have hit a drive in a better spot and, and was debating five and six iron, which is uh, a tall task looking for a birdie with a five or six iron in your hand. But the shot came off perfectly. I held a five iron in there and uh, I was looking at an eight footer straight up the hill. And, uh, nice when you get straight putts here. You don't get too many of them. So I, I was glad to see a straight one. I'm glad to see it go in. Well, a two-time winner this year, our FedEx Cup leader, an RBC ambassador, now heading to the weekend with a share of that lead for the RBC Canadian Open. Well done, Matt. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Mark, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Matt Kuchar with rounds of 65-63. He is your co-leader with Scott Brown uh, after 36 holes. Uh, Mark, you mentioned earlier, uh, Mackenzie Hughes also in the mix. Uh, rounds of 66-66. Uh, this is uh, sort of a home game for him this week, too, as well. Uh, Mark, he, he's originally just like 15 minutes down the road. Uh, what have you seen from Mackenzie so far this week? Uh, a ton of good golf, mm -hmm. really. Uh, he's just played so well. The one big error coming on uh, Thursday on his final hole on 18, uh, he made a double coming in yeah. on Thursday. Uh, really should be sitting uh, probably one shot better on this leaderboard. That he, you know, he turned a bogey into a double with a bad decision out of the fairway bunker on uh, on, on Thursday, but playing very well and. You know, no one's played more rounds of golf on, on this uh, property than Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, but, you know, that he, he, as he said, mentioned to me when we had an opportunity to speak, that, that can be a double-edged sword at times. Uh, but what a, what a great position he's in. And, uh, you know, why not Mackenzie Hughes? He's a winner already on tour and obviously comfortable here. And within striking distance, going to go head to the weekend at 8-under. He's going to head into the weekend at 8-under, four shots off the lead. And, of course, Mark, after Mackenzie Hughes finished his second round, you had a chance to speak with him. Let's hear that audio. Mackenzie, great, day, uh, great two days. But to go bogey-free today and settle back in, nice way to head to the weekend. Yeah, for sure. They were, uh, they were totally different days. Uh, yesterday was really smooth sailing for 17 holes and one hiccup. And today, today was hard fought. Uh, lots of great up and downs. Um, five, six quarters apart. So I was, I was working hard today. And uh, but it's probably even more satisfying than yesterday's round. Closing birdie. How does that change the mindset now? I know it's only one shot, yeah. but to all, just get ready for Saturday. Yeah, they all, they all count just the same. And um, I got a peak at the board coming up nine, and I kind of saw I saw Seneca at ten, and I thought, you know, getting that one extra one might be nice just to get a little closer and just stay stay within reach. Um, so hopefully I'm, you know, within three or four uh, somewhere in that range going into the weekend. No, um, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I feel. Two quick ones before we let you go. Uh, you've probably been asked this all week. I haven't talked to you yet this week, so I've got to ask it. You've played more golf than anybody else. You go back in the memory at all, going around here, thinking of competitive golf as a junior, as an amateur. Are you going to those memories this week? Um, I wouldn't say I'm going to those memories because I don't think I remember as a teenager breaking par very often. Right here. So, um, but the familiarity with you know lines and certain tee shots and just the property in, in, in itself um, is is nice. And I think just the that that comfort alone is is kind of what's been nice this week. But you ask a lot of guys about playing on a course they've played a lot. It's almost it can be harder at times too because you know everyone expects more of you and all that sort of stuff. So, um, but you know I. I 
felt uh, like this course set up well for me when we were, I knew we were coming here, and um, yeah, I just need to do uh, two more days like that. Okay, now the big one. If the Raptors win the title, how long before our Leafs do it for us? Well, I, I, I'm really keen on the Raptors' chances uh, in this series. Um, they're playing some great basketball. They've really controlled the series minus one quarter. So um, to answer your question, I'm not sure about the Leafs, but uh, I hope that they're uh, going to follow uh, behind shortly after. Great play. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. We'll be uh, cheering for you tomorrow. All right. Thanks, Mark. Mackenzie Hughes in the mix this weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me. Four Canadians in the top seven. It's going to be a very uh, exciting weekend, uh, that's for sure, Mark. Now, on the other side, we are going to hear from some of the other notable contenders and talk a little bit about the golf course a bit because Hamilton Golf and Country Club is a huge storyline this week, and the rain uh, has really altered the golf course just a little bit. Stick around. More Golf Talk Canada coming up after the break. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Launch into performance with the all-new 2019 lineup. Visit Acura.ca for all models and dealer incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the speed-injected Twistface M5 and M6 drivers. Everybody gets faster in 2019. Visit tailormade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully riding solo here this morning on a very exciting weekend here for Canadian sports. Four Canadian golfers inside the top seven at the RBC Canadian Open. And of course, your Toronto Raptors, one win away from winning the NBA championship. As they say, what a time to be alive. Joining us now on the phone is Mark Zacchino. And Mark, uh, you know, going into this week, Hamilton Golf and Country Club was a major storyline. Hadn't been there since 2012. Uh, the scores were thought to be potentially a little higher. You know, the rough uh, pretty darn thick, uh, but a golf course less than 7,000 yards. If the rain becomes a factor and the course becomes softer, uh, it's going to change the golf course. And uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, if you like really low scores, um, the rain on Wednesday, it's really, really changes golf course, hasn't it? Yeah. I, I, listen, I, I really enjoy Hamilton Golf and Country Club. I think it's a beautiful layout. I know the players are loving it, but the defense of this golf course is really the, the, the rough. And some of these greens can be uh, fairly tricky as well. But it was really uh, the rough and, and the key to this golf course, keeping it in the fairway. And it's just so soft, Adam. You've been out here all week with me. Mm-hmm. There's so much rain on Wednesday, so much rain on Tuesday, so much rain just in general in southern Ontario this spring. It's, it's just been damp and cold and not a great spring. So the ground was soft to begin with, even before the torrential rain on Wednesday evening. So uh, when it gets that soft, uh, you know, it really takes a lot of the camber and some of the hops out of these fairways and really makes them uh, much easier to hit. And now marry that with the fact that some of these guys are really not hitting a lot of drivers out here unless they want to. Uh, you're seeing a lot of hybrids, irons, fairway woods, etc. So uh, not difficult at all keeping it in the short grass this week at Hamilton. And you give these guys uh, wedges from the fairway, and they're, they're going to score. And that's what we're seeing. But on, on the plus side, a lot of the promotional work going into this RBC Canadian Open was about Summer's Open. And hey, it looks like Summer's finally here, Mark. Hip, hip, hooray. 
<laughs> it took, it took about nine months. I know. And then I was <laughs> shooting TV this week. Because, you know, we, Bob and I were freezing. You guys look cold. We were so cold. <laughs> I was shivering. And my winner on Golf Talk Canada TV this week was that summer is finally going to arrive, and it's going to arrive exactly Thursday morning for the RBC Canadian <laughs> Open. And thank God the forecast was correct, because you're right. It only took almost a year to come back around. It has just been brutal. And uh, there's nothing worse than uh, playing. Uh, there's only one thing worse than playing in wet weather, and that's cold, wet weather. So to get the sun out, get the heat up, uh, thank God, you know, and uh, and just things like last night, like the festivities mm-hmm. that uh, Golf Canada has built around this championship, like the concert series, uh, just some of the, the pavilions, uh, hospitality pavilions around the golf course, just to be spectator friendly. None of it works if it's cold and wet, right? And mm-hmm. it's, it's stuff you can't control. And uh, we finally got a bounce on the weather. It has been just perfect, as you know. It, it is It is just perfect. June weather in Ontario, and it's about time. It's about time for sure. And you mentioned that the nighttime festivities. I just heard from a, an inside source. <clears throat> My sister who works for Ticketmaster, and uh, twenty thousand people were at that concert last night. Wow! Isn't that nuts? That is crazy, unbelievable. That, well, that's nuts. You know, Heather showed me some uh, some uh, pictures she took and, and whatnot. And it was a sea of people. Like I mm-hmm. couldn't put a number on it, but uh, it was to capacity. Whatever, whatever area they carved out down there below the clubhouse, yeah. uh, where the staging is, uh, you couldn't put another person in there if you tried. So it was full. And uh, hey, well done to everybody mm-hmm. on this. It's been uh, it's been a great week, great championship. Uh, you know, sometimes over the years uh, we have, I guess, looked at our. Uh, our Canadian Open sometime as, as a, a, one of the weak links on the PGA Tour, which was a shame because, mm-hmm. you know, at one point it was the fifth most important golf tournament in the world. Uh, and I think in the last four, five, six years, we have seen a real resurrection of our championship. And, uh, and that's all to do with the leadership and, and the people at Golf Canada. Mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, now the, the, the new spot on the schedule, if you needed any convincing at all, and you shouldn't have, but if you needed any convincing, <laughs> boy, the, the field this week and the quality of this tournament has just been off the charts. It's been nuts, and, and you know you mentioned that leaderboard in the field. We have quite a leaderboard after 36 holes. Scott Brown and Matt Kuchar are your co-leaders at 12 under par. Brent Snedeker and Canadian Nick Taylor at 11 under par. Brent Snedeker uh, shot 60 on Friday, an unbelievable round to watch. And Webb Simpson, Mark, is another guy uh, who's up there. Before we talk about Webb Simpson, after his second round, you had a chance to catch up with him. Let's hear that audio. Webb, they say sometimes it's not what you make, it's what you leave. Now, you've made a lot, but you've left nothing bogey-free, and your par-putting today was absolutely incredible. Yeah, it was uh, It was nice to close the round with no bogeys. I don't know if I've ever done it for, for two days. Um, certainly thought about it. You know, it's not something you want to be thinking about over the putt, but I did leave myself some, some tricky putts coming in. Um, but, yeah, it was a great day. Really got as, as much as I could have out of the round. And fun group today. Everybody played great. Uh, I was with you for actually the entire day, and I mentioned multiple times it felt like you guys were actually 
feeding off uh, one another. Is that true? Did you guys feel some energy out there and just say, let's ride this thing in the clubhouse? I think so. It always helps seeing balls going to the fairway, putts going in. Um, and I love playing with those guys. I've played a lot of golf with them. And, you know, it's just, it's even though you're in a tournament, when you're playing with the guys you enjoy, it's a relaxed feel. All right, so bogey-free, uh, is there anything you might do different, change the plan of attack, work on something to get ready for tomorrow Saturday? Uh, I'm going to go hit a few shots. Um, overall, I feel pretty good. Uh, but in terms of strategy, everything's the same. I, I imagine guys are going to continue to make birdies. Um, so that's what I've done a good job the last two days is the, the tougher holes, respect them, you know, hit it to the middle of the greens. But then when you know we get on the shorter holes, we're going to have sand wedge, pitch and wedge, and get in attack mode. Smart aggression for Webb Simpson. There we go. Thanks so much. Thank good you. luck the rest of the way, Webb. Thank you. Appreciate it. Rounds of 66-64. Webb Simpson's two shots off the lead. And, Mark, Webb has that similar sort of plotter's game, doesn't he? You know, his game sort of works on every sort of golf course, doesn't it? Peterboard Cooch or Snedeker, uh, McDowell, Simpson. Uh, it's just, it just filled with this classic uh plotters, guys that just kind of work their way around a golf course, tee to green, keeping it simple. And Webb Simpson certainly uh, fits that mold. And uh, leading the field this week, Scully, on uh, uh, strokes game putting. His putting has just been incredible. And it's really, the, the par putting has been exceptional. And not that he hasn't made birdie putts, because obviously he's 10 under par, and he hasn't made a bogey. So, you know, he, he's made his share of birdie putts as well. But uh, it's the not giving anything back. He, he made a large bucket. In two days, he's made a large bucket of putts from 5 to 10 feet for par. And you know how big those 7 and 8 footers are uh, to not give a shot back. Uh, you know They can mean everything, and he's just been perfect with them. So if that continues, um, he's going to have a chance late tomorrow. Yeah, hell of a chance uh, late tomorrow for sure. I should mention as well, Webb Simpson's actually playing with Adam Hadwin this afternoon at 150, so going to be a great pairing, uh, that's for sure. One other guy you had a chance to catch up with and who we spoke about briefly in segment one uh, is Graham McDowell. He has a victory this season. Uh, he's going to Pebble Beach next week. Uh, he's won the U.S. Open uh, at Pebble Beach. Graham uh, McDowell is four shots off the lead, and after his second round completed, Mark, you also went one-on-one -on -one with GMAC. Graham, thanks so much for your time. Another solid day. Uh, we were talking a little bit off, Mike. You mentioned how bogey might have woke you up a little bit today. Walk us through just the process of that. What, first of all, what happened, and then what, how does it get you going? So for some of our listeners, don't, don't birdies get you going? Yeah, you know, sometimes in this game, you bogey the first hole of the day, and you, you know, it's kind of that wake-up call you need. Today, it was kind of the opposite. I played the first 12 holes absolutely beautifully, uh, and I was in the front drop on four, which is my 13th hole, and staring at another birdie in, in the eye, and I, and I knifed the bunker shot on three walk it and it kind of shook me up a little bit. I went from being very cool, calm and collected to being a little bit kind of uh, a little bit a little bit shaky coming in, you know, so uh, it was nice to get in there at three under par for the day. Lots more good stuff out there. Drove it well. Hit, hit some nice short irons today, which I didn't do well yesterday and uh, still feel very comfortable on these greens, which are tough to putt, you know. You you feel like you've always got at least a cup or two of break in every putt that you hit, even short range and, and it's uh, you got to get comfortable with those. Statistically speaking, it's 
uh, your irons are leaping out of the page. You mentioned just now that you felt a little crisper with the short irons today. Is it the iron game overall that's putting you in this position right now? I think it's a combination, really. I, I actually drove the ball yesterday as well as I have in a long time, which was very key around this golf course, and I, and I continue to hit fairways again today. And, and today, when I did have short irons in my hand, I, I knocked a few flags down and gave myself a few short looks at birdie, which was nice. So uh, I feel like all departments of my game are in decent shape. Hit a couple of squiffy-looking bunker shots, so I'm going to go do a little work on that this afternoon. But uh, I feel really, really good going into uh, going into this weekend. I love the way this course sets up. It's a great leaderboard. Obviously, guys are going low this morning, so we're going to have to continue. You know, I'm probably going to have to get to at least 15, 16 under to have a shot this weekend. Well, we're going to let you go do that work. And you're an RBC ambassador. You got a lot of fans over through the border, so uh, good luck the rest of the way, man. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it, man. McDowell is indeed an RBC ambassador. He is four shots off the lead, and he is also playing with a Canadian uh, this afternoon. He'll be playing with Ben Silverman at 1.30, so it's going to be a very uh, loud uh Atmosphere for sure uh, for GMAC. Mark, now on the other side, we're going to go to our favorite part of the show. It's been another wild week in the world of golf. We're going to do Winners Weird and What after the break. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by TaylorMade and the speed-injected Twistface M5 and M6 drivers. Everybody gets faster in 2019. Visit TaylorMade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland, home of the 2019 Open Championship. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully riding solo. On this lovely morning, what a time to be a Canadian sports fan. Four Canadians in the top seven at the RBC Canadian Open. The Toronto Raptors, one win away from winning the NBA Finals. What a time to be alive, that's for sure. Mark Zacchino now joins us on the line. And Mark, you know, it's our favorite time of the show. It's winners, weird and what. And this week, my friend, you have the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, Skulls, I'm going with an all-RBC Canadian yeah. Open winners. I'm going all-homer this week. Love Why it. not? With this great championship and the Raptors 3-1 over the Warriors, it's like, I got, I got to play homer. So my winner this week is a layup. It's uh, Lawrence Applebaum and the team from Golf Canada to continually make this championship better every single year. You know, it's been great the last few years at Glen Abbey. Uh, the crowds have been massive. Uh, the, the, today is red and white day here at Hamilton. And, you know, we've been doing that over the years at, at Glen Abbey. But again this year, even better. Four of the top five in the FedEx Cup, four of the top six in the official world golf ranking. Hamilton Golf and Country Club, one of the top five uh, top 10 certainly golf courses in the country uh, the concert series the excitement well done golf canada well done guides uh, that is my winner and uh, regardless of what transpires over the next 36 holes it could be epic for uh, canadians uh, but it's already a huge win mm -hmm. okay my weird skull mm -hmm. bring it this is just a little uh, a little note i, I stumbled across uh -oh. okay last year fedex cup leader Dustin Johnson, RBC ambassador, yep. Dustin Johnson, 
wins the RBC Canadian Open. Right. This year, RBC Ambassador Matt Kuchar, FedEx Cup leader Matt Kuchar, leading the RBC Canadian Open. So, apparently, the Canadian Open, the RBC Canadian Open, identifies the leader in the FedEx Cup. So there you go. They say that great championships always produce great championship winners. So Canadian Open looks like uh, back-to-back years we may have, potentially, potentially may have, the uh, leader of the FedEx Cup yeah. walking away with the trophy. Well, That's pretty cool. Well, and Mark, I think all this means is that next year we're going to try to qualify again for the RBC Canadian Open. We're going to use your new tailor-made tour bag. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll put some bricks in it so it'll be a little heavier. And you are going to qualify next year and then have a chance. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think that's a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> Considering I think I've played three rounds of golf this year. Perfect. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and by what? I'm going with the positive what this week, Skulls. What a performance by Team Canada. Now, I don't want to get all gushy and start stroking guys for making cuts because, you know, that we expect these guys to make cuts. We, we expect more now. We're past the stage where we applaud guys for making it to the weekend. We've got a great group of players, and we want to see wins. But I'm making them uh, my what with what a performance because they have done more than make the cut. These guys have come in droves. So we got Taylor. we got Hadwin. we got Hughes, Silverman. These guys are fighting hard uh, with a lot of pressure, and they're going deep. Look, look at the numbers on this board. Nick Taylor at 1,100, Hughes and Hadwin. Uh, Hadwin's nine, Hughes eight. Silverman yesterday with that huge round of 61. Are you kidding me? These guys want to win this championship. They said, okay, give me the rock. I want the shot. Uh, not running away from the pressure, not running away from the spotlight, uh, embracing it and, and and doing everything they can to end the 65-year curse of Platt, Pat Fletcher, the last time a Canadian won uh, the RBC Canadian Open. So well done, boys. 36 holes left to go. Give it your best. And all you want is a shot with nine holes left on Sunday, Skulls. So, all right, buddy. The T, sir, is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! You know, Mark, all this, all this discussion about the excitement, I am just so pumped to get back to Hamilton Golf and Country Club. I'm going to drive like a NASCAR driver to get there after the show. <laughs> Safely, of course, I will add. Uh, my three-dub this week, I, I went a little off the board here. I, I, I took some clips uh, online through social media. And for probably like the fourth time in my three-dub career, Phil Mickelson's social media game is my winner again uh, this week. We've seen him do so many, so much, uh, so much fun stuff, some entertaining stuff, some stuff with his cat. Some stuff with his thumbs up, thumbs down, driving down Magnolia Lane, some shade of cooch. Uh, but this week, he was hanging out in Jim Nance's backyard when something very, very special was about to happen in Jim Nance's backyard. Of course, it's right, up, right by Pebble Beach. And, uh, and something very special happened where he actually hit a hole-in-one in Jim Nance's uh, backyard. It was quite, uh, quite a video to see uh, on social media. Uh, Mark, did you, did you get a chance to actually see it yourself? Yes, uh, I saw it, and uh, I guess that's uh, that's Jim's uh, version of the replica of his favorite hole in the world, the seventh at, at, at Pebble Beach. They actually shut that hole down for Jim Nance when he when he he got married, so that he could get married there at, at, on the green at Pebble, um, which might be one of the prettiest places in the entire world. But yeah, Phil 
is a well just I just the only thing bad about Phil Mickelson on social media is that we've lost like ten years. Like we're like <laughs> Phil just came to it so late yeah. and now he owns it. And then think of the think of the content we've missed, Scully, over the last decade of Phil yeah. not being doing this. But he's every week on Winners Weird and What, whether it's T V or radio there's a Phil Mickelson sighting. Yeah, there's a Phil Mickelson sighting. And rumor has it, Mark, we actually have the audio from this whole ah. one. Oh, this is what he's talking about right here. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Come here it comes. It's in the hole. What a way to prep for the United States Open. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, so a couple things I go immediately here, Mark. The Masters theme song is just playing in the background. It, like, does that just play on a loop in Jim Nance's house? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that is the greatest thing ever. I love it. Just, that is, you know, I forget what it is. It's like a movie or a, uh, a comedy skit where, you know, everybody has their own theme music, and it doesn't matter what room you walk into, your theme music is playing. So apparently Jim Nance has actually created that in his life, where everywhere he goes, Scully, the yeah. theme song is playing in the background. It's just on a loop. Jim Nance, classic. Phil Mickelson, another great club. I'm sure we'll use that as well on Golf Talk Canada Television uh, this week. Now, now Mark, for, from time to time, you often have rants <clears throat> about the USGA. And this time, it's my turn. My weird this week is the USGA giving a slow play penalty in the third round of last week's U.S. Women's Open. And what a disgrace that was. This amateur, Andrea Lee, started the day five shots off the lead. She was struggling in her third round. Yes, five over in her round. They gave her a warning, and then she got a penalty. Why is this a disgrace? The final two groups ahead of her took three hours to play the front nine. If I took three hours to play the front nine, I would quit golf on the spot. Three hours to play the front nine. Of course, the last time we saw an amateur or anyone get a penalty, a, a slow play penalty, was Wanton Long in the 2013 Masters. And to add to this on a PGA Tour comparison, Bryson DeChambeau at the Memorial was put on the clock twice and did not get a penalty. What, what is going on here? You're 100% right. Uh... Here's the problem. There's nothing wrong with handing out slow play penalties. We want them to start doing this. The problem is, is it's how they, they. It's almost like a cowardly way of picking and choosing. And, exactly. You know, going after amateurs, not going after pros. Going after people at the back of the bus. Where's the lead group in this? I want to know the timing on the first three or four groups that went out and set the pace that that day. Because I guarantee you that the people that went out to set the pace, they're over five hours. Because if the last groups are playing at six, those lead groups are setting the pace at 510, 515, 525. That's how you get to six. Okay? They're not going out and playing in three hours and 45 minutes or 415. That ain't happening. So you got to grow some. And you got to go to the top of the food chain early in your early in your tournament and start handing them out to the big names, the players that have uh, influence, the players that uh, play the game for a living, and the pace setters in a tournament, not the back of the bus uh, amateurs. It, it, it's it's brutal, Scully, mm-hmm. and you're right to be upset. You're right to rant. And Adam Scott said it right at the beginning of the year, right? Adam Scott said, I'll take the penalty. If someone's got to take the penalty, I'll take it. Give it to me until you start actually penalizing for it. How do you expect any behavior in life? It's a behavioral discussion. (laughs) 
Behavior changes when there's rewards and when there's punishments. If there's no punishment for behavior, how do you expect it to change? It's certainly a, a puzzling one for sure. And, you know, it, kind of, it felt kind of good to give a rant. I think that was my first golf talk hand rant <laughs> of all time. So I, I've got some oxygen in me, and now I'm going to transition to my what. It's, it's on a more lighthearted note. Uh, on Wednesday at the, on, at the press conferences at the uh, Hamilton Golf and Country Club, uh, Brooks Kepko was there, number one player in the world, making his first appearance since winning the PGA Championship. Hadn't touched a club since winning the PGA Championship until arriving uh, in Canada this this week, and I had a chance to ask Brooks Kepka about his workout routine, and here's what he had to say. Fitness and, and time in the gym is a crucial part of your game. If you were to say what is your <clears throat> biggest or most favorite exercise in the gym that's most important for your golf game, what would that be? Uh, I, mean, I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me, but uh, I mean, I like upper body. Anything upper body is, is fun for me. It's um, you know, it's like my own little competition to see if I can beat my own, you know, personal record or, um, you know, if I'm in the gym, it's, you know, working out with um, my trainer, Barrett. Um, you know, if I'm in there and, and we're going, you know, I want to, I just want to beat him because he'll be working out with me, um, you know, kind of beat my my personal records beat um you know if it was reps you know get one more rep it's just it's just a competition like i love competition i love getting up for something and um the intensity is definitely there when i'm in the gym and and i love that and it's a it's a place for me to kind of get away um you know kill some time before rounds or after rounds um you know if you play bad blow off some steam it's perfect Gotta love Brooks Kepka. He'll do whatever it takes, uh, lift whatever. He's probably working out right now. And, and Mark, I, I gotta tell you, uh, you know, after driving the 90 minutes home from Hamilton last night, what did I do? I decided to lift some weights. I was very motivated by, by Brooks Kepka. My, my family was laughing at me as I was pumping iron uh, watching the Raptors. Uh, play, but uh, it, it, he's very entertaining to watch. He shot 66 on Friday. He'll be around this weekend, four under uh, after two rounds. Well, Mark, it's going to be a very exciting final two rounds at the RBC Canadian Open. Thanks so much for taking the time this morning, and we will see you in just a few hours, my friend. Scully, I'll see you out there at Hamilton, and the jinx, the curse, ends this weekend. Yes. Yes. Ends this weekend, brother. See you in a few hours. Okay, we'll see you soon. Some bold prediction. That is our very own Mark Sacchino. Uh, of course, he'll be on PGA Tour Radio uh, throughout the rest of the weekend covering this very exciting golf tournament. On the other side, we're going to hear from the PGA Tour Commissioner, Jay Monahan. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Tourism Ireland, home of the 2019 Open Championship. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully riding solo here for the next hour in a little bit. Well, earlier this week, Bob Weeks had a chance to catch up with PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan. Let's hear that interview. 
Uh, Commissioner, welcome back to uh, to Canada. It's always Thanks good to have you here. Thanks and um, this is kind of the start of a new a new era for the RBC Canadian Open. We've got the new date. I don't have to ask you about the new date anymore. <laughs> We've got the date. And by all accounts, this is uh, one of the most successful RBC Canadian Opens we've ever held. Yeah, it's... Um it's awesome to be back here and to be here in early June. And uh, last night we spent some time with the team at RBC and with Golf Canada. And based on the length of our relationship, the strength of our relationship, you know, being here early in the week, seeing, you know, the quality field of world-class players we have here, plus with Golf Canada knowing that, you know, the community and the market has responded so favorably, so positively as it relates to ticket sales and corporate hospitality and just the energy and the buzz is is at an all-time high so it's um the week's got to play itself out but i think everybody is excited um excited to be here earlier in the golf season for the great you know canadian golf fans you know accelerate the game earlier in the year and should be should be awesome uh rbc has become a very important partner for for the PGA Tour. Can you give us an idea of, of that partnership and, and what it means to you? Yeah, it's, um, RBC is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to find the right adjective, but um, when you look at, when you look at our relationship, I would say that they're foundational to the game of golf uh, in Canada and they're foundational to the game of golf, period. Uh, and therefore that, that means for us. So when you look at you know their commitment to the RBC Canadian Open. You look at their commitment to RBC Heritage. You look at their commitment to the women's game as a secondary sponsor of the uh, the CP Women's Open. You look at the fact that they've got a number of ambassadors. Um, I think close to 20 ambassadors that are playing across the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour. A number of Canadian ambassadors, and then you go down the food chain and you look at their commitment of uh, the youth development program, Future Links. I mean, they are they are a part of every single step in a young golfer's ascension all the way to the highest level of the game, both male and female. So um, they are. If you're if you're a fan of golf and you're from Canada, um, I think everybody owes a owes a owes a owes a big thank you and and an enormous respect for the commitment that they have to the game and, and candidly for the game in their country. Uh, they're doing this obviously for. It's important for their business and relationship building and brand building, but it's also really important for them when you look at the RBC Canadian Open that um, it's making a big difference for their country and its competitiveness in the game of golf globally. Um, the commitment that RBC has obviously is, is great. They've got this new date now and, uh, and obviously we're well into the new calendar. How do you feel about the new schedule that the tour has and how difficult was it to put that together because I imagine there had to be a lot of moving parts because every time you won everyone wants a better date and yeah I th it, it, it was um, it was a it was a long process you know several years and it is very complicated because every move you make affects everybody else if you will when you have 46 events on the calendar um, and we've always taken the long view on this but our goal when you really net it out was we wanted to make certain that given the remarkable depth that we have on the PGA Tour today, young, relatable, international players, that we put our sport in the best competitive position with our schedule. And so we we started with looking at, you know, the, the, the FedEx Cup stitches our whole season together. We ended 
the FedEx Cup in the fall, you know, and up against the first couple of weeks of college football in the NFL uh, in the States. And we didn't think that was the right way to finish um, because there's so much at stake. So moved to, moved to August, uh, PGA Championship moved back to May. Uh, and the Players' Championship moved to March. We get into this cadence of a season of championships. And I think the thing you're seeing is more top players playing more, playing earlier, playing at a high level. You know, to have Rory win the Players, Tiger win the Masters, Brooks win the U.S. Open, look at the competitiveness of those events. Um, I just think it's when you look at our tour and you look at, you know, it, our impact on the game, I think having more eyeballs on our sport earlier is good for the game anywhere in the world. And that's, sorry, that's, that's, so that's, it's early, but you come back here and you say, okay, you know, this is an event that's, that's, that's succeeded in the date it was in, but now you put it, you put two national opens back to back, uh, and you put this event earlier in the golf season here, you know, as you said, best feel we've had here in a long, long time. And as importantly, tremendous excitement and energy coming out of the week and so sometimes change change not sometimes but change creates that it creates new energy sometimes it creates you know questions and debate and, and we're very comfortable with all that you talked about fans and i wonder if if the pga tour views its role as to grow the game but as a do you are you interested in growing players are you interested in growing fans is it all the same does it matter if the, if the, the pga tour fan is a player or not um i, I think it's um Ideally, we believe very strongly in our game and and the values it conveys, um, just the the remarkable game that it is. So we'd love to have everybody play it. But the 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 reality is that for us, and again going back to the depth of players that we have and personalities and brands and the unique spot we're in, um, what we want to do is continue to celebrate our core fan, but bring in more millennial fanatics, more people that are avid sports followers, more individuals that, that seek those dramatic moments in sports, pull them into our sport and pull them in across all of our platforms. But hopefully, um, if you're a parent or a young kid, you're thinking about in Canada a program like Future Links, or you're thinking about going out to Top Golf or, or, or you know, getting a golf club in your hand. And over time, we hope to use our platform to inspire more people to play and work with great organizations like Golf Canada um, to make certain that we're, as we come into this week, uh, that we're doing everything we can to share that message. Uh, your commitment to Canada, we talk at the Players' Championship, the PGA Tour Canada McKenzie Tour is strong. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the relationship here with the RBC Canadian Open is going great. I want to take you one more step. Yeah. What about a, what about another President's Cup here in Canada? Is that a possibility? Um, well, possibility is a big word, so yeah, absolutely. Um, we have had remarkable success here in Canada, um, and we tend to, you know, we tend to build upon success that we've had. That's, um, and for all the reasons that we're so excited about where we are with the RBC Canadian Open, when you think about having 10 players, 10 Canadian players playing on the PGA Tour, you think about their potential impact on future President's Cups, uh, and that trend continuing, uh, and knowing that we were so well received when we were here uh, last, uh, expecting that to be even greater if we were to come back, yeah, I think that's something we would always be open to. I'm going to close by letting you gloat a little bit about your Boston Bruins. I know we're not all the way to the Stanley yeah, Cup yeah. right now, but uh, but how fun is it as you as a Bruins fan to watch them? 
I uh, there's certain. I remember you're in Leaf Country. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> and, and it's um, listen, we we were fortunate to win that series, and the Leafs are a great team, and they have a great um, with that young, you know, they they've got a great future out of them. But it's I, I don't I don't miss any NHL playoff hockey. I don't miss certainly don't miss a minute of of the Bruins. Whether I've got a watch it when I get back late at night from from a dinner function or whatever it is I'm finding a way to make certain that I'm I'm following them and I and I'm this time of year in the end of the NHL playoff season the Stanley Cup finals is very exciting but not as excited I'm not excited about that as I am about the RBC Canadian <laughs> very well said <laughs> thank you Commissioner. thank you Bob appreciate it great stuff from Bob and Commissioner Jay Monahan. we'll have more Golf Talk Canada coming up after the break this segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada for blogs, podcasts, show archives, our YouTube channel, or for more information, visit us online at golftalkcanada.com. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully riding solo here for the next hour this morning on Golf Talk Canada Radio. What a time to be a Canadian sports fan. Toronto Raptors, one win away from winning their first ever NBA championship. Four Canadians in the top seven at the RBC Canadian Open. It's going to be a thrilling weekend, uh, that's for sure. For more on this, joining us now is uh, our other co-host here on Golf Talk Canada, Bob Weeks. Bob, how are you this morning? Excellent, excellent. Just making my way here out to Hamilton this morning. A little bit of a later start today, but... uh excited it's going to be a bit i mean it has potential to be just a wonderful weekend here it really does and uh you know it was it was a very exciting uh concert uh, last night as well from what i've heard bob did you get a chance to uh, catch out floor georgia line last night i didn't i uh i as i was leaving i heard the uh, sound check and then uh, this morning lawrence applebaum golf canada ceo sent me a picture of the crowd there yeah and i could tell you it was jam down there and it looks like a lot of people were having a lot of fun so uh boy i'll tell you it's uh i don't know if they can do much better than this next year but this is an amazing uh week so far we've still got two days to go another concert tonight and the potential for some some history uh, on sunday as well yeah it was absolutely buzzing uh that's for sure i didn't get didn't get a chance to be there but saw lawrence's video on instagram and it was absolutely uh, amazing now you mentioned the weather there and and that's been a big factor this week because hamilton golf and country club is a golf course less than seven thousand yards uh we did a fun little story for tsn.ca on wednesday just how penal the rough is and at that point we were getting drenched in rain as we were shooting that um and that's really softened up the golf course bob and, and that's allowed some some pretty darn good scores to be shot, hasn't it? It has. I, you know, I, I in the scrums yesterday, I was asking the guys sort of why they thought the golf course was giving up so many low rounds. And it was interesting to get some of the different answers. One, 
you know, Rory said the whole course is just playing soft, and that's true. The fairways are soft, so you, if you hit the ball in the fairway, it generally will stay there. It doesn't run through like you see sometimes when a golf course is playing hard and fast. Other guys were talking about how slow the greens were, which allows them to be a little bit more aggressive with their putting. Uh, Scott Brown had a great line. He said it's, uh, it's making speed. You know, so you can you can really kind of charge the hole without fear of it rolling two feet, three feet, four feet past. So that's another answer. And then uh, and then the other the best answer might have been from Adam Hatter was that you know these guys are pretty good. And so <laughs> it's uh, it's the course is short and, and these guys can take advantage of it. But I was I heard you talking with Mark earlier and and I think it's interesting when you look at the leaderboard and see that it's not just made up of long bombers as you see generally or you used to yep. see a lot of it at uh, Glen Abbey for sure. Yeah, it's 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 a golf course where we've seen, you know, plotters do well. We've seen some bombers uh, up there as well. But, of course, the main storyline here in our nation, four Canadians in the top seven. Nick Taylor, T3, Adam Hadwin, Solo 6, Ben Silverman, Mackenzie Hughes, T7. Can you recall a time when you've seen, you know, this many Canadians after 36 holes have a legitimate chance to win this golf tournament? No, I've uh, I've covered every every Canadian Open since uh, 1987, and uh, you know there were years when we were just happy that we had one or two guys make the cut, <laughs> let alone be in contention to win. Now listen, we've also had we've had years where we've had uh, guys with a chance. I mean Richard Zokel and Dave Barr and uh, you know Mike Weir of course, David Hearn a few years ago, and Stephen Ames had a good chance. It's uh, but it, that's one guy, and and when you when you have four of them in the hunt right now. And I'm not sure if all four will stick around for until Sunday, but but let's let's hope that they do. Um, you know the the odds are great. The odds are amazing. These guys want this tournament probably a little bit more than everybody else on the leaderboard. Not saying that they don't. The other guys don't want it, but this is this is the the, the top of the tier for these uh, these Canadian players. This is their major championship. So I think they're dialed in a little bit more focused. You heard Adam Hadwin, you know, skipping the U.S. Open qualifying because he wanted to be rested for this event. So, uh, I mean, if things are lining up, and even if they don't win, I think it's a really exciting um, showcase of what we've got in Canadian golf right now. It's never been deeper talent talent pool than we're seeing right now. Yeah, it's a very deep talent pool, uh, that's for sure. We're going to hear from all four of those Canadians. You had a chance to go one-on-one with each of them. And first, uh, Nick Taylor. He is our top Canadian. He is 11-under after two rounds, 64-65 in his first two days. And after his second round, Bob, you had a chance to catch up with Nick Taylor. All right, Nick Taylor, another solid round out there, and you've put yourself in wonderful position. Talk about what happened out there today on, eight, on uh, the uh, 18 holes that you played. I hit it really well again. Uh, I had some chances, a lot from like the 10 to 15 foot range, um, and was able to make a couple in the front. One was a nice eagle on the fourth hole to kind of get my round going. And then, uh, you know, the back nine was a little scrappier than probably I had the previous 27, but hung in there, made a couple of nice pars, and uh, finished really nice. So that was, that was good. These 36 holes, how would you compare it to anything you've played so far this year? You've had a pretty solid, decent year, but is this is this a, the most consistently good two rounds you've had this season? Yeah, you know, I've been consistent all year, but uh, to back up a really nice round with another good one is, is probably something I've been missing. I've, I've been in good positions after the first round and kind of just hit stall for, for 36 holes, so it was nice to back it up, and um, I didn't change any today, and the game felt good. Playing in front of these crowds out here, you got four Canadians now within shouting distance of the top of the leaderboard. You're heading the, the group out there. What's the excitement level going to be like if you guys can keep it together? Yeah, uh, hopefully it'll be buzzing. It, it was for Friday at, at any tournament, but the Cane Open, it was awesome today. So 
um, you know, if, if we keep staying up in our contention, hopefully, you know, three, four of us have a chance coming to Sunday. If, if there's one of you with the other three be rooting, do you think? Yeah, I think all of us obviously want to win, and, but uh, if we don't win, I think having uh, having a buddy in Kane would be pretty cool. A little early yet to start thinking about that, perhaps. Yeah, you know, I gotta hit the next tee shot on the first hole tomorrow and go from there. But uh, I put myself in a good spot, so that's a start. Right, good luck on the weekend. All right, thanks. You know, Bob, it's been a really interesting uh, year for Nick Taylor so far. 19 events, just one top 10, three top 25s. But clearly, Bob, something did has clicked for him recently because he did qualify for the U.S. Open, uh, meddling a couple weeks ago, so he'll be in the field next week at Pebble Beach. And then, of course, this great start through two rounds so far at the RBC Canadian Open. What have you seen uh, from Nick Taylor thus far? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's from, from most of the times I've seen him this year, he's as he said in that clip, he's played very consistent golf, but just not perhaps been getting those extra birdies here or there, the one or two strokes over 72 holes that can really make a difference between a 25th place finish and a 10th place finish. And I see, you know, some confidence really starting to brew in Nick Taylor. I, I know he's been working hard with his coach, and I know he's been putting in a lot of hours uh, trying to groove things in a little bit more tightly than, than they have been in the past. And so I think it's as, as much as anything, I think it's just him believing in what he's got and what he's capable of. I, I've always felt that Nick Taylor um, has the game and has the, the moxie, I guess, to, to become a really top player. And I think maybe now we're starting to see that bubble through. It's, uh, he's, he's a smart guy. He's been a very good golfer at pretty much every level right through, and I think he's ready to go one more step. Yeah, I know it's been fun to watch uh, Nick Taylor thus far. Uh, you know, another Canadian who had a lot of storylines coming into this week was uh, Mackenzie Hughes. He's eight under after two rounds, four shots off the lead, rounds of 66-66. Essentially a home game for Mackenzie uh, this week. And after his second round, Bob, you also had a chance to catch up with him. All right, Mackenzie Hughes, uh, different finish yesterday, double bogey. Today you finished with a birdie. How much mentally better does this round feel, even though it was the same score? Yeah, it's it's a much different feeling. Uh, lunch will taste a little better than dinner, dinner did last night, but um, very different rounds. And that yesterday was again with with the exception of one hiccup, it was very smooth and um, hit the ball great. And today I was a little bit off with my swing, but managed to get it around uh, with the same score. Which again, if you watched both golfers play, you would have thought you know one shot 72 and one shot 63. Um, so felt good to kind of get that. Um, round in with a good finish and uh, I knew coming in those last few holes that if I could get one or two coming in I would you know it would be a nice little boost going into the weekend. How does it feel when you get into a weekend when you don't have your best stuff and you're still putting up good scores? Yeah no that's, that's uh, again a good sign of what I'm doing is, is working and what I'm working on is, is the right stuff and my game's been trending now for you know two months or so and I've been close a couple times now uh, final group and uh, a runner-up finish so there's been some signs where I knew it was getting close and I think you know even today didn't quite have it but it's still showing me that the game is getting better and better and uh, now it's just about kind of embracing the moment and all the you know kind of expectation and pressure this weekend because uh, there's going to be again heightened everything on the weekend so the, uh, as you said, the heightened pressure you get on this Canadians, you've learned to deal with that. You've, you know how to handle that. It, really, this first three rounds is all about getting yourself in contention. Do you think Sunday would be different if you were at the top of the leaderboard? Yeah, it's definitely going to feel a little different. I think you know Saturday will feel a little bit different, and so will Sunday. And um, you know, but if I can just do. Uh, 
you know, what I'm trying to do uh, from a mental standpoint. Uh, I've got a few things I'm working on and just focusing on. So if I can just stick to those few things that are working for me right now, um, regardless of what happens, it'll be a success. And I feel like if I do those things, I give myself my best chance. So that's, again, my focus going forward. And uh, it's easy to get caught up in all the hoopla and, you know, the Pat Fletcher and all this stuff. But, uh, you know, I got to keep it really simple. Raptor jersey going to come out tonight? Yeah, it's going to be on. Uh, my, my focus is now shifted to uh, the Raptors, uh, getting this 3-1 series lead tonight. And, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. And hopefully I have a late enough tea time where I can stay up and watch it. All right. Good luck on Saturday. Thanks, Bob. You know, Bob, something interesting to watch for here for Mackenzie Hughes. Five of his last six third rounds have been rounds in the 60s. Uh, so, Mackenzie Hughes, what do you what do you think of his chances going into this weekend, especially because he's played this golf course so much in his career? Yeah, I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. He's got he said told me that earlier this week he's played probably 50 times here. Uh, he's got. Got local knowledge, you know. That's sort of a, a term you mm-hmm. can throw around a little bit. But he probably knows this golf course better than anyone else. So in the field, so that's a huge advantage. And as you heard, he's not really firing on all cylinders just yet, and yet he's still right up near the top of the leaderboard. So I, I like, I like uh, what he talked about too, being mentally ready for for a round because it is heightened. Like these guys can talk all they want about not you know trying to treat this as a, as a regular event or week in and week out but it's not for them it's, it's different it's a good different in every single way so um being able to handle that and i think all these guys know that they can they can deal with it um is, is part of what goes into trying to compete to win your national championship mackenzie hughes has uh has, has a great great swing right now he's really in kind of a groove over the last couple of months and uh, boy, I like that stat about the uh, the third round scores. It would be nice to see him put up a low one here today and get in the hunt for Sunday. Well, it's going to be certainly a very exciting uh, Saturday, that's for sure, Bob. Coming up next after the break, we're also we're going to hear from the other two Canadians in the top seven, Adam Hadwin and Ben Silverman. It's going to be a great Saturday, that's for sure. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Only 30 minutes from downtown Toronto with flexible membership packages and one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Cedar Bray is the place to be. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully riding solo in studio this morning. We had one of our co-hosts, Mark Sacchino, on in hour one. And now, of course, Bob Weeks joins us again here live on the phone. And, Bob, it's been a very exciting first two rounds so far. Four Canadians in the top seven. One of those guys is Adam Hadwin. He is solo six. A solo sixth place, I should say, after two rounds. He'll be teeing off at 150 this afternoon with Webb Simpson. And after his second round completed, Bob, you had a chance to speak one-on-one with him. 
Another solid round out there. It looks like you're really feeling comfortable on this golf course. Is that a correct assessment? Uh, very correct, yeah. I feel great. Um, I've had a lot of really good shots. Um, you know, I spoke about how well the, I think the visually, you know, I like the golf course and, and how it sets up and frames the shots really nicely, really nicely in the holes. So, you know, just keep going this weekend. Uh, it's not very often you get two eagles in one round. Tell us about those two shots. Yeah, um, you know, I had a great tee shot on the drivable par four. Um, pretty straightforward chip off the upslope. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly one you want to get close, um, but, you know, to go have a go in, a little bit of bonus. And then uh, two good shots on par 5-17th. I only had a five iron in and um, landed right on the front. It hit a little, caught a little thin, but kind of perfect, you know, uh, thin to win. And landed on the front, rolled up to about 10, 12 feet and was able to knock it in. So. We're seeing a lot of low scores out in this golf course, a 60, a 61, especially in the morning tee times. What is it about this course that's giving up those rounds? I think the biggest thing is just the lack of length. Um, you know, today's day and age, guys just aren't afraid to hit driver anymore. Um, doesn't really matter how, um, you know, panel the rough is at all. Um, it's kind of bomb it up there, get it as close as possible. And, and even if you hit it in the rough on this golf course, you usually have wedges in anyways. So, um, you know, a little softer in the greens, a little softer in the morning. They start to firm up a little bit in the afternoon and combine that with a little lack of wind and guys are taking advantage. I've been covering this tournament a long time. I can't remember seeing four Canadians this close to the top of the leaderboard. How much fun is it going to be for you four guys heading into the last 36 if you keep it going? Yeah, this is exciting. Um, I, you know, this is my 10th one, and I can't remember um, having this many guys up there either. Um, you know, usually it's maybe one, maybe two of us um, in a year. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure what Nick is finishing at, but I know Mac and, and Ben are at eight, and I'm at nine. And um, so we got a really good shot this weekend. Um, one of us challenged for a title, so. Right. Good luck on Saturday. Thanks, Bob. Adam Hadwin, he'll be teeing off, as I mentioned, with Webb Simpson at 1.50 uh, this afternoon. And uh, Bob, Hadwin took a bit of a, a different uh, strategy, I should say, and, and elected not to go to U.S. Open qualifying, uh, instead to focus on this RBC Canadian Open. And so far, Bob, it, things are really paying off for him, aren't they? We chatted at the PGA Championship after his last round, and I asked him about the U.S. Open qualifying. And, you know, basically what it came down to was that he views this championship, the RBC Canadian Open, as more important to him than the U.S. Open. So he didn't want to jeopardize uh, a chance for a good performance here by tiring himself out with 36 holes, which is a grind, obviously, and uh, um, leading into the U.S. Open. He said he's prepared to, to miss the U.S. Open through that, uh, through that uh, way anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if he, if he plays well here and wins this tournament, chances are he's going to get a spot in the U.S. Open via the uh, world rankings. There's a, there's a spot left, I think. So, But I, I think that, that just kind of shows you where these guys are, where their heads, heads are at. You know, they, they really want to um, put in a good performance here and have a chance. That's all he asks for is to have a chance to, to, to win today. They may not get it done, as I said before, but there's other things at stake here as well for Adam Hadwin. You know, he wants to... Uh, increase his, uh, his President's Cup points, all these kind of things, um, you know, FedEx Cup points, playoffs, get yourself deeper into the, uh, into the playoff runs. All these things are very important for them. And it's a little early, as I said, to start thinking about end to the finish line. You just, want to, you just want to right now be able to put yourself in a position so you can be first across that line on Sunday. Yeah, rounds of 65, 66. He's played some great golf uh, thus far. Speaking of great golf, Ben Silverman, Canadian, 71, and then a 61 on Friday. That was one hell of a round for sure. And after that round, Bob, you also had a chance to catch up with Ben Silverman. All right, Ben Silverman, uh, wow, 61 out there. That's a tremendous round, and I guess it becomes a little easier on any golf course, but particularly this week at Hamilton when you hit all 14 fairways. 
Yeah, thanks. Definitely, it's a course where you got to hit fairways. Rough, so thick, it's hard to hit the greens if you miss fairway. And then I was hitting driver well and far, so I'd have a lot of wedges and short approaches and could dial it in. Started putting really well too. I made a lot of 12, 15 footers. So. Now you were saying that you had to make a little correction because yesterday there was only five fairways hit. What did you do on the range and what did you find before you went out today? Yeah, I went back after round one and needed to open up my stance a little bit. Uh, my shoulders and my feet were aligned properly, but I just wasn't aligned to my target well and I kept hitting draws when I was trying to hit it straight. So I just got that straightened out and ball started taking off where our, my eyes were looking. How tough is it to, to get that kind of thing, get everything working together when you have a round like this? It's such a rare thing for any player, even the professional, I assume. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I've had rounds where I've shot five, six under on the front and completely stalled out on the back. Uh, you just have to try. It's almost an effort to, to say, all right, let's stay in this same aggressive mindset as we make the turn and keep pushing and keep being aggressive. So that's what I did today. You're in a great position heading into the weekend. How much would it mean to you to play well here uh, for the next two rounds? It would mean uh, a great push towards making the playoffs and, and do it in my home country. It, it would be awesome. Is, it, is that in the back of your mind now? Do you look at the playoffs and you look at your position where you are? Is it hard to avoid that? Well, that's, I know where I stand, and that's I, I know how many points I need to make, and that's my focus right now. All right, good luck on the weekend. All right, thanks. A good pairing for Ben Silverman as well, playing uh, with Graham McDowell, 130. Uh, he shot 61 on Friday. Brant Snedeker did one better. He shot a sizzling 60. The 59 watch was on in full tilt at the RBC Canadian Open, and after Brant's second round, he had a chance to catch up with the media. You know, the kind of different, you know, when I did it at Wyndham, I wasn't feeling very good about my game at all. Uh, today I was feeling good. I felt really good yesterday the way I played. It should make me putts yesterday. I knew if I could get something going early, uh, make a putt early, um, I was rolling it really good on the putting green the last two days, so I feel like I was there. And, you know, you get one of these days every once in a while, and so I did the best I could to take advantage of it. I tried to make sure I made every putt today, and I did. I don't know how many feet of putt I made, but it was a lot, so it was a lot of fun to see that ball go in the way it did. Greens are really running slow out there. Does it, does it, does that help you? Do you like to hit it hard? It didn't help me yesterday. I think I left every putt a foot short yesterday. So uh, I was like actually excited for this morning because I got out here and I knew they'd be a little faster. And, and I can still be aggressive, which I felt like I needed to be. And so, uh, you know, yesterday I probably would have shot four, five, six under par if I had been putting somewhat normal. And uh, today I kind of exceeded what I normally putt. So it kind of all evens out in, in the wash, you know. Sneds will be off in the second-to-last group with Canadian Nick Taylor. All right, Bob, before we let you go, i got to ask for a Canadian prediction. Uh, who do you think is going to be the best Canadian or last Canadian standing at the end of this tournament? Wow, that's putting me on the spot. I know. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I really gonna, did. I was going to say, how about a four-way playoff? I love that. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, liking, I'm liking where Adam had with yeah. him mentally. I'm liking where Nick and Mac are physically. Um, I think I think any of those I think any one of them has a chance. I can make you a case right now for for each one of those mm -hmm. four winning this title. But if I was going to go on the limb, I'm I'm going to say Adam will, will be the guy who gets it done. But boy, I, I don't really care which one mm -hmm. gets it done. I just hope that they all four of them play really really well into Sunday. And uh, this is going to be an electric finish here, no matter what happens with that leaderboard. Let's root for a four-way playoff. I love that mindset, Bob. <laughs> safe safe travels the rest of the way at Hamilton, and we'll see you later this afternoon. 
Sounds great. Thanks. That was Bob Weeks. And, of course, uh, walking around with Bob Weeks is actually quite funny at the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, he signed a couple autographs. Some people have asked if he's Bob McKenzie or James Duthie, but no, he is indeed uh, Bob Weeks, and he is definitely a celebrity, that's for sure. Uh, coming up next after the break on Golf Talk Canada, we're going to catch up with Adam Stanley for more on the RBC Canadian Open. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Only 30 minutes from downtown Toronto, with flexible membership packages and one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Cedar Bray is the place to be. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Addy Power Forged. Increased stability exactly where you need it. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. It was meant to be, it'll be. Sorry, I was just watching Adam Stanley's Twitter account from last night at the Florida Georgia Lion concert. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. This is producer Adam Scully riding solo in studio. Both Bob and Mark are on location at the Hamilton Golf and Country Club. Joining us now, as I mentioned, on the line uh, is Adam Stanley, who writes for basically everyone, um, PGATour.com, Canadian press uh, adam have you been to have you been asleep yet after the florida georgia line concert last night i was i was too fired up i i, I couldn't get to bed so I'm, I'm back here at the golf course already just uh wow. excited to do it all over again for the glorious suns tonight but uh wow uh, they sang a little bit better than you did okay. uh, a few minutes ago that hurts but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah that that concert last night was, was unbelievable i think uh a couple years in the making has certainly a bit of an experiment hey is this going to work and uh you know, after last night, it certainly looks like uh, it, it was working. I mean, 20,000 people, something like that, yeah. you know, at, at the golf tournament, having fun. You know, I talked to a bunch of people who have come from an hour plus away uh, who came a little bit early to, to kind of check out the action. Uh, Florida Georgia Line did not disappoint. Uh, they played all their hits, and, yeah, that place was bumping last night. It was, it was amazing. Well, and as as we both saw yesterday, um, there were people decked out in, in cowboy hats at, at 9 a.m. lot yesterday. So they were ready for for the full day's work, weren't they? They absolutely were. It, I mean, that's a marathon day for some of the folks who are out uh, out here for first tee time, wearing the cowboy boots and cowboy hats, and uh, I believe drinking a steam whistle or two as soon as uh, seven. Legal, yeah. <laughs> as soon as they were legally allowed to, but. Uh, you know, it made for a fun vibe. I think Glen Abbey, uh, you know, is the only golf course in the country that was built with a specific business objective to host the Canadian Open. Hamilton mm-hmm. was, was not. I mean, it was built 100-plus years ago. Uh, so there's kind of this intimate feel to things here. Uh, you know, it, it's not as big of a, uh, of a facility, and there's just there's a ton of people around. They all kind of migrated over to the uh, concert area once golf finished, and it was just fun. And I think that that seems to be the name of the game this year. And uh, hard to believe that they would ever not do this again in, in years to come. Oh, 100%. And, you know, when I was walking to the media shuttle, I, I, there were thousands of people walking past me, and they looked uh, you know, pretty pumped up about it. Uh, did you see any, any, any of the players? Um, that was something we were sort of talking about before. I, I, I mean, some guys maybe in later tea times if they wanted to, you know, see a couple songs. But did you see any guys uh, walking around? 
I I saw Blair Hamilton, Golf Canada, okay. you know, national team member, tried to Monday qualify, so he wasn't actually in the field. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I'm not sure if he counts, but he did walk by I me. Mean, Taylor Pendrith as well, okay. uh, you know, Mackenzie Tour golfer, saw him uh, out about last night too. So anyone in the actual field this week, uh, I didn't see. I, I, yeah, I heard that they had wanted to kind of come out. Maybe I just wasn't in the right area. Uh, maybe some of the boys had some, some better access than I did. But, uh, you know, certainly uh, I caught a glimpse of a few caddies as well. Nice. So uh, I think it was just a, a good mix. Um, and it was just an, just an interesting day to see all these people at a golf tournament. And I know that they weren't really there for the golf specifically, at least, you know, by the time sort of the sun went down. But, you can't help but think that this has become an event and a spectacle and just a fun experience for, for people who are golf fans or who aren't golf fans at all. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's going to be an exciting day to, or night tonight as well with glorious suns. But let's let's talk a little golf. You know, it, it is the RBC Canadian yeah, Open. There, there are four Canadians uh, in the top seven. Uh, can you recall, you know, seeing whether a Canadian Open or any PGA Tour event really to have four Canadians really in the hunt after 36 holes? I, I really can't. And I was trying to think back to that yesterday as you were kind of writing the, the recap story mm-hmm. of the day and just thinking, there's a lot of red and white at the top of this leaderboard, and it just so happens to be, you know, at the RBC Canadian Open, which is spectacular. But you look at the names uh, who are in that top seven, at least with respect to their either seasons or their performance at the Canadian Open, and it isn't all that surprising. I mean, Nick Taylor through two rounds last year uh, w- was right up there on the leaderboard, kind of fell back on the weekend. He told me yesterday that he feels like this year could be a bit of a redemption year for what he did last year. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes has been low Canadian the last couple of years. And, of course, uh, there has been uh, said many times he's only from 10 minutes away or so. Adam Hadwin has had a pretty solid year up to this point, uh, and a win with some help may actually get him in the U.S. Open next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Ben Silverman shot 61. So you look up and down and you're like, well, it's not that surprising, uh, even though they're, they're Canadians at the top of the leaderboard on the Canadian Open. Uh, it, sh- it should be uh, an amazing afternoon. Uh, with four of the final five groups having a Canadian in them. We're in conversation here with uh, Adam Stanley, golf writer, PGA Tour, Canadian Press, etc., cetera, uh, etc. Cetera. We have uh, some other great names atop this leaderboard. Uh, Matt Kuchar, uh, he's he's tied for the lead, I should say, with Scott Brown after 36 holes, and he's had a pretty darn good year, two, uh, two victories. Uh, he's leading the FedEx Cup uh, points race uh, right now. And this does seem, although you know the golf course has changed a bit because it is so soft, but this does really seem like a Matt Kuchar sort of golf course, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, this is a guy who's clearly riding you know, a pretty hot streak, leading the FedEx Cup, a couple wins, like you mentioned. Uh, but it's a golf course that you know doesn't need doesn't have someone have to be a bomber to have success matt kuchar certainly isn't a bomber he's played with rory mcroy the last couple of days and he admitted it himself yesterday you know rory can just take on lines and take on golf courses you know unlike him and webb simpson who he also played with but you know matt kuchar's beating rory by five shots this week so uh, you look at how he plays you know just kind of plods along finds the fairway finds the green green mm-hmm. makes a putt uh you know chugs along and makes birdies and, and i think that that it sounds a little boring, but it's certainly been the formula to success up to this point. So not really all that shocked to see somebody like Matt Kuchar near the top of the leaderboard uh, into Saturday. I mean, he's a guy who's been there before many, many times in his career. He's a Team RBC member, so I'm sure some folks from, from the bank are pretty excited about that. 
but a lot of challengers, and, and the challengers are, are right close to the top of that uh, top of that leaderboard, 12 under, 11 under, 10 under. I mean, the guys are right there. You mentioned Rory McIlroy there, and, and he was one of the big marquee names to commit to this year's RBC Canadian Open. Uh, rounds of 67-66. Uh, what have you seen uh, from Rory so far on a golf course where he really he only played nine holes uh, heading into it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he said in his pre-tournament press conference that he needed to drive the ball way better this week than he did last week at the Memorial where he missed the cut. Uh, a rare occasion for him, at least uh, this season. Uh, and I think he's done just that. He wouldn't be 7-8 under par uh, if he was hitting it out of the rough all, all week long. The rough here at Hamilton is just way too penal, uh, and the greens are just way too slopey to be able to score if you're not finding the fairway. So certainly seeing Rory turn things around uh, with the driver, which I think is pleasing him as he looks to Pebble Beach next week. Um, so if he can just get the putter rolling a little bit, he, he admitted as such sort of last night, he, he's left a few out there, thought it could have been much lower. Uh, I mean, clearly someone, Brant Snedeker shot 60 yesterday. Ben Silverman, like I said, shot 61. The low scores were there. Um, Rory, maybe he's a guy who, as the afternoon chugs along, maybe throws up a 63, something like that, and all of a sudden he's in the mix tomorrow. Would not be surprised if that happens, if he can get the putter going today. Well, another great story. You mentioned Pebble Beach, and the last time the U.S. Open was held there, Graham McDowell was your champion. Uh, he's also in the mix. He's four shots off the lead at eight under par. But he not only is he playing you know, to be in contention here at the RBC Canadian Open, but there's an event going on in about six weeks from now at a golf course, Royal Port Rush, where the Open Championship is this year, that uh, Graham mentioned after one of his rounds, he's played up to 500 rounds at. What is his motivation uh, from what you've heard and, and chatted with him from to, you know, A, contend in this tournament, but of course have the chance to qualify for the Open Championship? Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those storylines that are that are bubbling up to the surface uh, as we look to the weekend. He, uh, he was in contention at the Arnold Palmer, which is also part of this Open qualifying series, just like the RBC Canadian Open found out that he had a chance to earn a spot at Portrush and totally blew up on, on Friday. He just played really poorly. It got in his head. Uh, he knew going into this week that, uh, you know, this tournament was part of the qualifying series. Played extremely well Thursday, very well Friday, backed it right up, and now he's within uh, striking distance. I think he's, he's in the top ten. So if he finishes this way Sunday, he'll get in there. So he's kind of changed his mindset. He, he said that, you know, he's kind of accepted his fate. If he plays well, he'll get in. If he doesn't play well, he won't. I did ex- uh, specifically talk to Tristan Mullally. Tristan is Golf Canada's national team coach on the women's side. He's also best friends with Graham McDowell. They were um, best men in each other's wedding. And he told me yesterday, he's like, hey, you know, that's the kind of thing that good athletes say. They, they want to focus on the process, not the results. But Tristan told me that Graham thinks that he doesn't want to be at that Open Championship. He feels like he has to be at that Open Championship. He was one of the guys who helped push the tournament to come back to Portrush. Uh, you know, hometown, home golf course, 500 times, like he said. So, you know, outwardly, he's saying, hey, you know what? We'll just see what happens, let the chips fall where they may. But internally, I don't know it for sure, but you got to think in talking to someone who's super close to him, you know, this really means a lot to, to, to get into that Open Championship field. Oh, it means a, a huge amount to him. Now, Adam, before we let you go, I can't, I can't let you go without asking you a very important question, of course. And uh, today is Red and White Day at the RBC Canadian Open. So if I don't see you wearing red joggers today, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> 
I've got a I've got a red Q-zip on. Uh, the bottoms are uh, oh, not as tight uh, as I would have liked. Oh, but come uh, on. We're, we're <laughs> but we'll we'll see how that shakes out. Maybe I'll go grab a pair from the Level Wear merchandise tent and uh, and show up big time for the afternoon. Okay. Well, I look forward to seeing you in your schmedium uh, later this afternoon. Uh, Adam, as always, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you in a couple hours at Hamilton. Thanks, buddy. Looking forward to it. Great job today. Thank you. That was uh, Adam Stanley. You can find him on Twitter at Adam underscore Stanley. Uh, he's written some great articles and features on PGATour.com throughout this great uh, RBC Canadian Open at Hamilton Golf and Country Club. Coming up we're, after the break, we're going to wrap up this week's show, and we're going to talk about our special tailor-made giveaway here on Golf Talk Canada. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Addy Power Forged. Increased stability exactly where you need it. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully riding solo here, wrapping up this morning's show. What could be a very exciting weekend in Canadian sports Four Canadians inside the top seven at the RBC Canadian Open. And, of course, your Toronto Raptors, one win away from winning their first-ever NBA Finals. It's going to be exciting. Let's get to some leaderboards across the world of golf. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Oshawa Golf and Curling Club since 1906, the home of golf in Durham, now offering trial memberships with unlimited access for 2019. To find out how you can join, visit oshawagolf.com. Tradition, community, and golf. The RBC Canadian Open will start there. Scott Brown, Matt Kuchar, your co-leaders at 12 under par. They're teeing off at 2.10 Eastern this afternoon. Brant Snedeker, Canadian Nick Taylor. They're one shot off the pace. They tee off at 2 o'clock. Webb Simpson, Canadian Adam Hadwin. There's a theme here. They tee off at 1.50. Mackenzie Hughes, Canadian uh, with Henrik Stenson. They're at 140. And we have Graham McDowell and Canadian Ben Silverman at 1.30. I should also mention as well, Canadian Roger Sloan and fellow Canadian Richard Jung also made the cut uh, this week. Should be fun to watch those guys this afternoon at Hamilton Golf and Country Club. On the LPGA Tour, the ShopRite LPGA Classic presented by uh, the LPGA Classic, I should say, Jung-Hun Lee Six, who won the U.S. Women's Open last week. She is continuing her great play. She was 63 in round one. She has a one-shot lead right now. Brooke Henderson among those who was six shots off the pace and as well as uh, fellow Canadian Elena Sharp. She is seven uh, off the pace. Well, let's get let's hear some more audio now from the PGA Tour at the RBC Canadian Open. Henrik Stenson, uh, he is also in the mix after two rounds and after he finished his second round, he had a chance to catch up with Mark Sacchino. Henrik, bogey-free for two days. Looked like you have kind of everything in cruise control right now. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe not as much cruise control as uh, one would have liked, but it's, it's been pretty good. I mean, played two rounds uh, around uh, a golf course with Dick Ruff without uh, dropping a shot. So it's, it's always good for something, and I've had a lot of fairways, a lot of greens. That's what you got to do out there. The rough is, uh, is penal, and 
both off the tee and around the green, so staying out of that one as much as possible. Done a good job at that, and uh, putting's been, been good too. Made some good birdie putts here and there, and some good uh, two putts from long range, so um, no drop shots. That's uh, that's obviously a, a very, very big positive going into the weekend. Is the plan that simple around Hamilton Golf and Country Club? Because the players keep saying the same things. Keep it in the fairway, keep it underneath the hole, keep it simple, and the course will come to you. Yeah, I think so. Um, it, it's an old school golf course. It's not very long. Uh, the par threes are probably the, the holes that are a little bit longer in, in you know relative terms, but uh, you, you got to hit the fairways. They're fairly narrow on, on a few of the holes, and the rough is juicy. So um, you, you're not going to do well if you keep on playing out of the rough. So I think uh, I think the guys have sussed it out there. Thanks so much for your time. Great play and fun to watch. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Sort of a puzzling year so far for Henrik Stenson, just one top 10 uh, in 11 events played. Well, one of the major storylines heading into this week's RBC Canadian Open was world number one Brooks Kepka. He's won four of his last eight major championships. He's been fun to watch, but he didn't touch a golf club after winning at the PGA Championship until Tuesday this week at Hamilton Golf and Country Club. He is four under after two rounds, and after his second round, he spoke to the media. Today was, I thought, the complete opposite. I thought I putted great and hit it terrible. Um, so it was, it's kind of a, um, it's just a weird thing. I didn't hit any fairways, so you're really not going to have any birdie chances. But, I mean, I, I putted so good. Um, you know, whatever I fixed yesterday was, is working. Um, I like how I feel on the greens. I feel very comfortable. Uh, just didn't hit it worth, worth anything. Do you think people underestimate how tough it is to keep your game at the top level for every round? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to have bad days. Everybody has bad days at work. Um, you know, ours are just publicized and in front of a, millions of people. So, uh, you know, as long as, you know, the process is good, um, you know, I, like I said in the press conference, I don't care about the result. It's all about the process. It, that's what, uh, you know, I'm trying to start it online and, and finish it online. And, you know, I, like I go back to Colonial last year, I played as good as I could play and then finished second. So, um, you know, sometimes you're good just isn't good enough. Another marquee player playing this week, Rory McIlroy. He's at 7-under after two rounds. He tees off at 110 Eastern this afternoon. He is five shots off the lead, and after his round, he also spoke to the media. The middle 16 holes are really good. Just the, the bogey on one and the bogey on 18. Um, sort of started and finished disappointingly, but um, a lot better. Hit it really well. You know, putted good, made some nice ones. You know, as I said, I made six birdies in those 16 holes and just... You know the the bogeys either side of that, but um, yeah, I mean perfect conditions out there. I've said to the guys, I don't think I've played golf this year like in a better day or like better conditions. It was just perfect out there. So um, it was you know the scores were out there, and wish I had a, you know I set myself a goal of maybe getting to 10 under par with a few holes left. Didn't quite get to that, but, um, you know, get off to a good start tomorrow and I'll be right in the tournament. Lots of low scores out there on the golf course. Why is this course giving up so many? It's just so soft. It's so soft. And if you put it in the fairway with three wood or driver, you've got so many wedges in there and, um, you know, guys are that good that it's just, you know, you're, you're going to make a lot of birdies. There's 60s, 61s, 62s, um, you know, and that's what it's going to sort of probably what I'll need over the weekend is a score like that and then another you know mid 60s to have a chance you know I wish this course had played a little faster and firmer because it would have been an awesome test you know the, the scores you know would have been a lot higher than they are 
you know, even looking back at some of the Canadian Opens uh, at this golf course, I mean, I think Scott Piercy won with like single digits under par last time. So, you know, if the weather continues to you know be like this, hopefully it'll it'll dry up a little bit and it can get a little firmer. And um, but you know, with the way it is out there uh, this week, you know, I I can just see a lot more birdies over the weekend as well. Rory McIlroy, five shots off the lead. Of course, Rory is also a TaylorMade staffer, and 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues here on Golf Talk Canada. This week on TV, we're giving away a, the U.S. Open staff bag and head cover that the guys on tour will be using this week at Pebble Beach at the U.S. Open. Uh, so pretty darn exciting as well. We have our giveaway with TaylorMade for the month of June. Uh, if you go on Golf Talk Canada Twitter and retweet the image that we retweeted last Saturday, you'll be in a draw to win a free through-the-bag fitting. Plus, if you go on TaylorMade's website and use the promo code GOLFTALKCANDA25, you'll get a 25% discount on all fitting fees from now until the end of June. Well, this could be a huge weekend for Canadian golf. Four Canadians inside the top seven at the RBC Canadian Open. Enjoy the coverage this weekend. And remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. Thank you. So much for joining us. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, podcasts, show archives, our YouTube channel, or for more information, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.com.